I love Christmas. This is my ugly Christmas sweater. I think it's the perfect ugly Christmas sweater because not only is it ugly, but it has a dad joke on it. It says, I've been very, very good this year. You aren't appreciating as much as you should. I love this. I love this so much. See, I love Christmas. I kind of love everything about Christmas. I love the trees. I love the songs. I love the movies. I love the food. I love everything. I kind of, the concept of Holly Jolly Twinkle Jingle all around us and these moments kind of right out of Christmas movies. Did you have any kind of growing up that were like that? I remember, you know, putting up the Christmas tree with my family and my dad kind of scooping me up and I kind of put the angel on the tree. It was like a special tradition. You didn't get to do that every year. And then the angels kind of peace presiding over the Christmas hustle and bustle. And I remember when I was little, I used to sneak out of bed and kind of go into the living room under the soft glow of the Christmas lights. And the angel was kind of blinking there and the lights were twinkling and I kind of drifted off to sleep. You can still find me in the living room at our house now, like with all the lights off except for the Christmas lights. There's just something peaceful about it. I just really, really appreciate it. That's why we've kind of called this Christmas series... Holly Jolly Twinkle Jingle, because we're kind of, I don't know, wanting this feeling. We're kind of pursuing this moment, this something at Christmas time. And sometimes we find it, and it's like the end of a Christmas movie, right? And the, the snow is falling, and White Christmas is playing, and everyone's home for Christmas, and it's great. But I have to admit to you that I don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling about Christmas nearly as much as I used to. And I don't know why exactly. I mean, maybe it's the hustle and bustle and I don't slow down quite as much as I should, or maybe I'm just more aware, you know, aware of the pain, of the hurt, of the turmoil that comes along with the holidays. Now, don't get me wrong, I still know every single word to Holly Jolly Christmas, and we still go look at Christmas lights, but I have to admit that when I think of Christmas, sometimes I'm reminded not of all the Holly Jolly Twinkle stuff, but maybe... More like how our world is broken or our lives are broken. Like there are these pieces in the puzzle that make up my life that kind of feel like they've gotten thrown down on the ground. And they're kind of impossible to put back together. Here's, here's kind of how it sounds. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you said something like, I thought that relationship was going so well. I don't want to be alone at Christmas. Will anybody ever love me? Will I ever have the family or will I ever have the house or will I ever have kind of what I'm pursuing? I'm terrified. What if that cancer comes back? It has come back. What am I supposed to do with that? That doesn't feel very holly jolly. Last quarter was going so well and now I'm really worried about bills and I don't know if I can make the ends meet. What if my child lets me down? What if my spouse lets me down? What if my family lets me down? What happens if my greatest fear this Christmas comes to fruition? See, Christmas can be an impossibly difficult holiday. And all around us, this holly jolly twinkle jingle that we're told to enjoy, we want to enjoy, we desperately hope we can enjoy, just instead feels like the weight of Christmas or the weight of grief or depression, or loneliness, or sadness, and we don't know how to navigate it, we don't know how to change it, we don't know how to find peace in it, and the most wonderful time of the year feels like anything but. Christmas can be heavy. So what do we do? 
when the holiday arrives and we feel more like blue Christmas than white Christmas? How do we find the joy to the world, the peace on earth, in the middle of the pain or the hurt or the grief or the struggle? See, one of the reasons that I love Christmas that if we move past that kind of holly jolly twinkle jingle stuff, which is good stuff, if we move past it, we start to notice that the Christmas story is really all about people who are in the middle of struggle in one way or the other. Check this out. This is Luke 2, starting in verse 8. This is kind of the, the Linus and Charlie Brown Christmas story, you know, maybe the one that we're familiar with. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, when Jesus were, was born, shepherds were not in the best spot. They were disrespected, actually. They were outcasts to society. Being a shepherd was a dead-end job. They're actually often rejected in their community. Their world was complicated. Their relationships were complicated. Their views of themselves were likely complicated. Their relationship with God was pretty complicated too. And still, the angels appeared to the lowest of the low, the shepherds who were actively struggling. And this is verse 9. This is what it says. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Can you imagine seeing an angel in real life? Like you're going about your life. You're going about your day. You're like at Walmart or whatever. You're walking around, and then poof, angel. If there's anywhere we don't expect to see an angel, it is in Walmart. 100%. And we're navigating and we're like there and we don't know what to do and we kind of see it and it scares us a little bit, right? And the, and then the angel goes, hey, a baby was born. What would you do? I would run. That's what I would do. Especially if I see an angel in Walmart. If I see somebody dressed up as an angel in Walmart, I'm not getting anywhere near them at all. It's the least peaceful thing that I can think of. And this is happening in the middle of the night. And in the middle of the night, boom, angel. What happens next? Verse 10, but the angel reassured them. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now these people, the shepherds, but really the Jewish people of Israel were desperately hoping for a Messiah. Now the word Messiah literally means anointed one or king. And the arrival of this anointed king was something to celebrate. Like this is good news, like the angel said. It's great joy for all people. The people of Israel had been waiting and hoping and praying for this day. And they thought they saw it coming. They firmly believed that the Messiah would be this strong, this mighty, this worthy earthly king that would set everything right and that would free them from all their struggle and all their pain and all the trials and all the, the sorrows and all the Roman oppressors. And this is actually what it said in Isaiah 9, starting in verse 6. They would have been familiar with this. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called all these amazing things. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I mean, this is intense stuff. They're struggling. And the thought of a Messiah that would be born in Bethlehem, a descendant of David, who was the king of Israel, that would come in military might and fight a war and create an independent and powerful Jewish kingdom. This is actually more of the type of king that they were expecting. That's uh, our executive pastor, Tim. That's his face. He didn't know I was going to put that picture up. He said if it was fair game now, and I said, nope, sure isn't, but I'm up here today. This makes me happier than it probably should, actually. But this is what they were expecting. They were expecting like a superhero, you know, a Thor-like figure that would conquer the whole world, that would lead the army, that would put Israel back on top, that this guy would be wonderful and mighty, and then they would feel safe and secure and everything in their lives would just be all fit together. And then one angel is joined by a bunch of angels. And this is what they said. They said, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, just like it said in Isaiah, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. What an amazing announcement, right? An angel appears out of nowhere and say, hey, he's here. The Savior, the Messiah, you've been waiting for it. And if I'm a shepherd, I'm pumped. The warrior that we've been waiting for is finally here. And he's going to bring peace on earth. He's going to be the prince of peace. We're saved. We're rescued. Yeah, but maybe not quite in the way that they were expecting. I do this. I have to admit, maybe you do this too. I expect Jesus to show up in a very specific way, in a very specific time, make me feel a very specific way. Like he's my own personal kind of warrior, that he fights all this stuff. He's a bodyguard. He's there to put me on top. He's there to make me feel safe. He's there to... Make me feel warm and holly jolly at Christmas. And that's really what I expect. That's what peace on earth kind of sometimes means to me. It's not necessarily peace or anything like that. It's how I feel. It's, it's just the silent night stuff. It's the Hallmark movie stuff. When do you think the shepherds realized that maybe it wasn't going to go down in the way that they thought it would? Do you think years later they're like sitting there, you know, still shepherds, still struggling in the same way. And they're like, hey, remember when those angels showed up and they said that like the Messiah was born and there was going to be peace on earth? Whatever happened to that? Doesn't feel like peace on earth today. Can I ask you a question? In the middle of your Christmas season, in the middle of your holly jolly twinkle jingle pressure of Christmas, do you feel peace on earth today? And maybe you feel all the peace and I'm so glad that you do. And I'm so grateful and you should be grateful too. And you can thank God for that feeling, but maybe you don't feel peace today, or maybe you know somebody who doesn't feel peace today. And it turns out Jesus didn't just come so that we could provide an occasion to give gifts and to sing songs and to drink toast and eat delicious food. Those are good things. We should do those things. But Christmas 
is a reminder that Jesus showed up. He came. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And in his coming, peace that doesn't maybe feel the way we think, but it is better than we can possibly imagine. The only kind of peace that ultimately matters. See, Jesus does bring peace on earth, but we just talked about how it doesn't always feel like it. And maybe it doesn't feel like it to you today. But I truly believe if we slow down, if we think this through, that Jesus provides peace in more ways than we can understand in so many aspects of our lives. When we rely on him, when we focus on him, when we surrender our lives to him, the Prince of Peace brings peace when we feel like our life is in pieces. So we're actually going to bring out some puzzle pieces. And we're going to see kind of what it looks like for Jesus to put those puzzle pieces back together. And these puzzle pieces can really represent all sorts of of different things. Do you feel kind of a lack of peace in your relationships right now? This could mean so many different things, right? Maybe you just got broken up with and you're like, I can't even watch the Hallmark movie. It makes me so sad. I don't know. Maybe that's what where you're at. Or maybe you're in the middle of like the divorce. And you're like, what are we going to do with the kids? This is the first year and I don't know how to navigate it. Or maybe you're really struggling with other relationships that aren't there. You know, sometimes when it comes to Christmas, like we see the empty chair and it's like screaming at us. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's broken relationships. Maybe it's just somebody can't get home for Christmas. There are songs about stuff like that. And we feel this hurt, this brokenness. We feel like our relationships are just kind of all up in pieces. And we don't know how to navigate it. We don't know what to do. And we don't have to be reminded of that Hallmark movie, but that's what we want. We want to come home and we want to save the bakery and the, like, whatever else, coffee house or whatever else they're doing. Now I don't know. And in the meantime, the broken relationship is restored in two hours and everything's great and the same gazebo is there in every, everybody's life and everything's awesome. How do we have peace with my relationships? Because in real life, those relationships don't get mended that quickly and the grief doesn't go away that fast. And when I was a little kid, I think I didn't fully understand how difficult holidays can be. Like I really looked forward to them and, you know, all the gifts and all the fun and all the holly jolly twinkle jingle stuff. And I didn't fully understand how difficult they can be. Because sometimes holidays remind us of the relationship that isn't healthy or that isn't there. These are real things. These are serious things that kind of rob us of our peace. So how in the world do we have peace in our relationships? How do we meet these expectations that this are painful? Or maybe it's this relationship that's broken that we didn't do anything bad in. They abused us. They betrayed us. They left us. Like, what do we do? This is Romans 12. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. If there's anything that describes like, a holiday celebration that you're not looking forward to. It's never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to what? Live in peace with everyone. Why put this up here? Well, this shows us that it's possible. It's possible to live in peace. How? 
How do we live in peace with our relationships? Why can have we can have peace with everyone? The reason is Jesus. Jesus loves us. We love people that Jesus loves. And it's through love rather than paying back evil for evil, which is something that sometimes we really struggle with in the holidays. We want them to know. We want them to feel. We want them to understand how much they hurt us or whatever. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so we can have peace in every single relationship. But it's not because of what we do. It's because of who Jesus is. And there are all sorts of different puzzle pieces that can make up our lives, right? You know, there are puzzle pieces like what's happening in your community or what's happening in your world. You know, community can mean things like, oh, I don't know, like school or work or that neighbor that you just can't stand. Whatever it is, I don't know. Like but there are things that happen in our communities, in the people that surround us on a regular basis that just frustrate us. Or we just don't feel like we belong. Or we don't know what to do. And see, we have these community-type frustrations and pains, and we have all sorts of world pains, right? Whether we understand it, whether we see it on the news. Like, how are we always on the edge of World War III? Like, always. It's actually pretty stressful. And whether we understand it or not, there are these things in our world or in the world that just seem so broken. War in our heads, war in our families, war in our hearts, war in our communities, war in our relationship, war in our world. And we desperately try to reconcile how peace can come in our circumstances. This is John 16 verse 33. This is Jesus talking. This is what he says. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth... You'll have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Can Jesus still bring peace if things aren't going the way that you want them to go in your life? See, our circumstances might not have the type of peace that we desire. We want to be fully controlled. We want it to be to our liking. We want it to feel a certain way. But circumstances can change. They come and go. But Jesus brings peace on earth. And I am so sorry if your expectation this Christmas is for the trial and for the sorrow to go away. That's not the promise of Christmas. The promise of Christmas that in the midst of our frustration or our worry, or our hurt, or our pain, or our grief, or the war, we are reminded that Jesus has already won. And he says, take heart, friends. I've already overcome your pain and your circumstances. That's what heaven is all about. And only the Prince of Peace has the power to bring peace to our past and reconcile anything bad we've done, to bring peace to our present and help us feel it today, and help us have peace in the future of heaven. And maybe you feel anything but peace today. Maybe you have so much brokenness going on inside of yourself. Do you see that? I can't say all the things that make up the puzzle of your life. You can't say all the things that make up the puzzle of my life. But there are things in our lives, relationships, in our community, in our world, in ourselves that hurt. 
And they come up at Christmas like in an incredibly intense way. And sometimes those things are huge deals. Sometimes they're silly. Sometimes they are something that other people would say, why do you even care about that? It's not that big of a deal, right? But we all make those mistakes. We all have those regrets. Here's one. Have you ever had kind of that moment when you're falling asleep and you think about something that you haven't thought about for like years? You kind of forgot about it. That happened to me the other night. A few years ago, I went to visit a woman in the hospital. And I've been told that she'd been taken to the hospital for monitoring and they were really worried about her and the doctors wanted to keep her overnight to make sure that everything was okay. So I went into the room and I was going to pray with this woman and her husband. And they told me that they were really worried in particular about how this would affect their daughter. And I, I, was, I was just so concerned And I nodded thoughtfully and I said, oh, how far along are you? Nope. I I didn't know that then. I know that now. I will never ask any of you ever again. No, they were, they were talking about their four-year-old daughter who's, who's staying with grandma and grandpa and they're just worried about the stress of it. I mean, I, I stand to, to say that maybe they could have phrased it differently, but that's really on me. It's on me. And there are little silly things in life that sometimes we go, man, I messed that up. That's a big deal. That's a little deal, whatever. But then there are things in my life and maybe in your life that, that are deep shame type of things. Huge regret type of things. Things that you wouldn't want anyone to know. All these areas that we fall short, right? There are people in my past, as an example, that if you talk to them, they wouldn't have the best opinion of me. Can you relate? things that I've done, things that I've said, things that I've thought, these areas of my life that are broken. And a lot of times we don't feel this peace because we actually don't feel at peace with God. A lot of times the peace that we're seeking is actually peace that we want from our relationship with Jesus. And we're like, God, if you loved me, I wouldn't be struggling with what I'm struggling with right now. I wouldn't feel the worry or the anxiety or the darkness or the depression. If you loved me, why in the world would you treat me the way that you're treating me today? Why can't I feel the holly jolly? And we blame God. And we say, God, if you showed up, then, then I'd believe in you or then I'd follow you. Jesus couldn't possibly love me. How could he bring peace on earth when he can't even bring peace in my own life? And the reality is he does love us. He does bring peace. It's just not always in the way that we think. And he knows all the junk and he still loves us. And we can't change what we did in the past, but he can stand in our place. And the anxiety and the depression and the grief end up knocking loudly at Christmas time. But there is hope and there is peace. And I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what this represents for you. Could it be fear? Fear of how you're doing in school, how you're doing at work, fear in your relationships, fear that things aren't turning out the way that you want, fear about your past, your present, your future, fear about your kids, fear about whatever. It could be all sorts of different things. Maybe it's somebody letting you down. Maybe it's one of these other things that just feels like this huge kind of gap, this huge void in your life. 
This peace on earth is rooted in peace with God, but it's not the kind that we think of. It's not everything that's quiet and simple and silent night and all that type of stuff. This is Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. This is kind of what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now check this out. Then you will experience God's peace. If you give it all to him, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's him that puts us back together. Somebody today probably came in here today feeling like that void in their life cannot be filled. And maybe it can't be by one of these other things. But it definitely can be by God. It's His peace. He puts it all together. God is at the center. God guards the heart and mind. You can't do it on your own. That's the point. That's the hope of Christmas. It's not your circumstances. It's not your feelings. It's not up to you. It's not up to your relationships or your community or your world or yourself. It's God's peace. And when the angels are proclaiming this Messiah, this Savior is coming, they're celebrating the fact that Jesus came to bring us into right relationship with God. That's the good news. That Jesus is a warrior... Just not the kind that we thought. We think that he came to conquer man, but he didn't come to conquer man. He came to conquer death. And Jesus lived a perfect life so that he could step in and take this punishment for where we fall short. And Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, which is actually what what Christmas is all about. Christmas doesn't stop at the manger and the silent night and the holly jolly. It goes straight to the cross and straight to the grave and straight to how God conquered death. And if we believe in him, if we surrender, we will experience peace that exceeds what we can understand. And you might be like, how? What are your three points on how I can experience that? We do that sometimes. Like, here are the three ways that we can experience God's peace. And that's tempting. But I tell you what, my answer is not that satisfying because it's beyond our comprehension. I believe that the peace that we feel is a Christmas miracle. I believe it. The Christmas story is full of them. But the peace on earth that leads to peace in heaven is beyond what I can do on my own. I cannot fill that void on my own. And I can tell you that there are things in my life that God has provided in my life that are in the relationships and community and world and self-categories that bring so much joy and hope, like joy my kids and privilege of foster parenting and the hope and the promise of heaven and the community and church and anxiety dissipating or depression lifting or ministry or friendship or whatever. But at the end of the day, I can't provide anything that will make me feel enough peace to have peace on earth. It's his peace. And as Jesus draws us closer and closer and peace grows and grows and grows, it's because of God. The peace comes from him. God provides the peace 
as we follow Jesus. And when the angels came and talked about peace on earth, they're telling the shepherds that Jesus is going to pick up these broken pieces in their lives. And it might not feel great today and it might not happen overnight. And it's definitely not going to happen just in in the blink of an eye. But if we surrender our lives to him, he takes the broken pieces and he makes something beautiful out of them. Is your life full of broken pieces? Maybe you're struggling financially, mentally, socially, spiritually. I don't know. We've all probably felt like there are pieces of our lives that are breaking off. What does it look like for you to trust the Prince of Peace this Christmas? What do you have in your head or your inner heart that you're putting before Jesus? What would it take for you to surrender all that you've got to trust the Prince of Peace to bring that peace in the middle of the broken pieces of your life? Because Jesus brings peace on earth. That's the reminder this Christmas. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, sometimes in the middle of life feeling anything but peaceful, we need your help. We so desperately want our effort or what we know, or what we feel, or what we do to be enough to feel kind of this peace. But what you tell us is, it's your peace to give. So right now, humbly, in our brokenness, in our hurt, in our pain, in our sorrow, in our grief, in our holiday season, we ask for you to show up in such a way that we can't claim that we did anything, that it is a Christmas miracle, the amount of hope and the amount of joy and the amount of peace that we experience. That God, you yourself came and chose to be with us, Emmanuel with us, and that as you choose to be with you, provide perfectly, even in the middle of hurt or in the middle of sorrow, there is such hope because you are Prince of peace, and you provide peace on earth. So help us surrender anything that we feel, anything that we think, anything that we want that keeps us from your peace. And thank you that the Christmas story doesn't end on December 25th or December 26th. It's something we celebrate every single day because as God comes with us, he makes us right. He makes us whole. He provides peace and hope and joy in ways we can't. Thank you for that reminder. And thank you for the manger and the cross and the tomb and how they're the same story. And it's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen.